When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to Oh What A Time, a history podcast that tries to decide if the past was as impossibly rubbish as it seems. I'm Tom Crane. I'm Chris Scott. And I'm Ellis James. Each week on this show we'll be looking at a new historical subject and today we're going to be discussing blunders. Oh, blunders. Frederick Barbarossa's major error and the huge mistake made when writing the most important history book ever written. Dodgy sponsorship in the West German Ice Hockey League and a bonus bit, balls ups in the Roman army. We we all agreed we love blunders. Yeah. Yes. Can't get enough of them. Yeah. I've uh, I've got a book, uh, The Blunders of Government. Oh, have you? Like, ver- yeah, yeah, various uh, blunders that the British government have uh, committed over the past few hundred years. Give us one quick blunder, a favourite blunder from that book. Very, very quick. I'm trying to think of, uh, I-, I think, um, sort of Black Wednesday and Britain falling out of the ERM in 1992 was quite a good one. There's yep. a great bit in, um, in uh, Andrew Marr's History of Modern Britain where they don't know what's happening with the markets and it's pre-internet. Right. So they don't know what's going on. Yeah. It's like major and heard. All the main, and Lamont, all the main players are sitting there going, oh God, what should we do? What should we do? Until one of them says, why do we turn on the radio? And they're like, yes, the radio! (laughs) (laughs) By God, he's got it! Of course, the radio! Turn on Radio 4! Do you not think in years to come, maybe even centuries to come, Liz Truss will be a historic name oh, as a yeah. classic blunder of a prime Either minister? Either forgotten, completely forgotten in a pub quiz question, or the ultimate blunder merchant. But one thing that um, has really struck me is because she was, a, she is a former prime minister. She gets all of the benefits of being an ex-prime minister, despite only having yeah. done it for a. How many weeks it was, and then then you have. To, I think it was forty four days, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah. And then then you have to ask the question: Was it really a blunder, or was she playing <laughs> a fantastic long game? That's a good point. Because She's, you get a you get a lifetime salary, you get a security security, detail, yeah. You get invited to all the major affairs of state. You you get to do good corporates because even if you're a bad <laughs> prime minister, you've still been the prime minister. So you get to do good corporates, you get to be, you know, directors of big companies and lots of money. I mean, I she's a genius. Any job <laughs> that you took, if they were foolish enough to let you know that in the interview, I would have quit within 12 hours. <laughs> Who is actually sticking with the job? So I would actually say yeah. in the interview, not to sort of give you a, not a precursor of what's going to happen tomorrow, I definitely will still be coming in, but just to... Double check. Will I still get paid? You're, say- you're saying I will continue to get paid the same wage for the rest of my life, whether I stick at this job or not. Okay, I'll great. That. I'll still be coming in. <laughs> <laughs> so you do when you prime minister come in? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I've got to. I've got to go into work. Actually, right. I'm the prime minister. Because 
I, I wasn't going to admit this. I wasn't going to let people know this because yeah. obviously it's not great for Tom. But Tom only ever did one day on the last leg did, in yeah. Series 1. Exactly. And he's continued to be paid a full last leg right to salary. <laughs> this is 2012 when TV actually had money. Yeah. And that sort of thing was in all the contracts. Yeah, yeah. It's keeping me he has, going. He's been completely idle for, 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 for 12 years. My week is I spend 98% of it in my lazy boy chair and then I get up to record this. That's what my, uh, that's what yeah, my, yeah, my life yeah. is. And I'm just living <laughs> off my, uh, my last leg pension. Um, a, former, a former Prime Minister, I've just made just a double check, I was right on this. A former Prime Minister gets £115,000 per year for life. Yep, fine. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> There was talk. There was talk, wasn't there, that she shouldn't accept it because she was prime minister for such a short period of time. Also, how many secrets did she get to know in that forty-four days? <laughs> they would have got round all the best secrets. Didn't they? <laughs> think if Tom was appointed prime minister, and he's like, "Can I just get all the secrets now? I think that might be the important bit." No, so, Tom, you've got cabinet meetings. No, 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 no. Just tell me everything quickly, quickly. Can we do secrets until lunch? <laughs> but, but sort of quick secrets. Everyone, everyone t- tells their secrets really, really fast. And I promise I won't record it on my phone. I would say if you if you are still getting to grips with where stuff is in number ten and where the cutlery is, if you've been there yeah, short yeah. enough time, you're still opening cupboards that you think contain is the hot press, and it's like, oh no, that's just a toilet, or whatever. You haven't been there long enough to pick up any important secrets. She, she's still in an Airbnb frame of mind. <laughs> It's like, that's bowls. So I always think that's mugs, but it's bowls. In our house, bowls are there, and it's the other way around to my house. Sorry, sorry. She didn't get a deposit back on number 10. I have genuinely thought about that. One of the annoying things would have been she'd have had to move all her stuff in to number 10. Yeah. And then 44 days later, move it all out again. What a frustrating, <laughs> annoying thing to have to deal with. Imagine, do you think it was the same removal men yeah. who put yeah. it in as took it out? Hello, Liz. Hello again. <laughs> Some of the stuff still in the boxes with like yeah. front room written on the side, you know. <laughs> she's meant to take it out. There's like a lamp that's still wrapped in plastic. Oh, bathroom brackets, yeah. Liz. That's so true. There's no, one, no one has ever unpacked with a, to a house move within 40 years. Yeah, absolutely. That is definitely would have five, happened. Five boxes in the spare room that just have a question mark on it. Yeah, just saying, and all the time her husband's saying, and you definitely get paid this for life. <laughs> um, there's actually, I found, I've stumbled upon a table, so you can claim up to £115,000 a yeah. year. John Major, Tony Blair, they claim the full amount every year. Lads. Gordon Brown always claims about £400 short of the full amount every, every year for the last four years. Why? David Cameron goes about eight grand under. He doesn't claim the full amount. 400, 400 quid from Gordon Brown is not enough of a drop to... Yeah. What, what, what sort of point is. are you making there? Uh, Theresa May claimed about 60,000 60, in 2021, 80,000 in 2022, and then last year, right up to the... Right up to yeah, the yeah, yeah. Husband's out of words. He's, he's like, why are you not claiming this? <laughs> Liz Trust last year only claimed 23,000 of her 115,000. Oh, I don't know if that was because... It's going to creep up. Partly she was... It's gonna creep it's gonna up. Creep yeah. up. They always give creep it ten up. years. She'll be claiming Gordon Brown's four hundred quid as well. Trust me, it's gonna it's gonna be it's gonna creep its way up. Anyway, do you think within that twenty three thousand is the move removal then? Point. They are quite expensive. Yeah. Um, uh, should we get on to some correspondence before we kick yes, into this episode? Um, 
Chris, what have we been sent this week? We've had so, so much to choose from, but I'm going to go with this one. This one from Lewis Young. He says, Hi, fella. I'm a detective from Leicester and a big fan of the pod. My favourite... That's a great yeah. start. I'm a detective from Leicester. Well, and and there's, a dete- there's a detective lilt to this email. So he says his favourite segment and the Globe's favourite segment is, of course, One Day Time Machine. He was going to email about how the time machine could be used to discover places that we aren't sure ever existed, like Atlantis. But it doesn't take more than a quick Google search to realise such a place never existed. Yeah, that would have been... If you jump in the One Day Time Machine, punching in Atlantis, and then just... And you just hear a pop and smoke start coming out of the control system. Yeah, yeah. Or you just end up at sea. Yeah, you're like, this is rubbish. Or it's always just be like on a sat nav when you're trying a postcode and it just doesn't recognise it, and you're just having to try different version options. Yeah. Atlantis Road, Atlantis yeah. Central. <laughs> trying postcodes that start with A. So he says that here's what he's going to do instead of his one day time machine. He's going to go back to find out what happened to the complete collapse of society and humanity around the Bronze Age. Oh, that's Around 3,200 years ago, nearly all ancient civilizations in the eastern Mediterranean and Near East region were wiped out in a widespread collapse that was likely sudden and violent. And what followed was the Greek Dark Ages. And nobody really knows what happened. He says if it was sudden and violent, he'd probably quite like to go back and be a coffee table in this period. <laughs> yes, good shout. <laughs> I think that's incredibly brave. Yes. Like... I was like the Mary Celeste and these things that are great mysteries, but something dodgy really happened. Do you really want to go back? Also, the reason the the films of societies entering total collapse are so popular is because it's so extreme and it's and um, it's it's there's such jeopardy there. I'm not sure I'm brave enough to, under my own volition, go to a society that's about to enter total collapse. But if, just... <laughs> if anyone is going to go back and work out why things are collapsing, it's a detective from Leicester. Yeah. This is the guy who's got the skills to investigate and come back with the answers. Whereas if we went back, we'd just go, it was mad. It was all just, I don't know what was happening. But Everything it was, just... was on fire. It was bloody horrible. <laughs> people running around with axes. He'd have his little pad. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, he'd be doing his tests, and he'd come back with the answers. I do know what you mean, though. That idea of, of descending to a point in history of utter mayhem is is a brave choice. If you're going to get on the one day time machine, is that is a brave choice? I, I I don't think I have that. I don't I have that in no. me. Also, I think the one day time machine would feel like an exciting thing to these people, and if they're already in a sort of looting, pillaging mindset, mindset. this mind. exciting yeah. shiny <laughs> thing appears with lights and sounds. They're gonna they're gonna want a bit of it. I do like this idea, though, of using the time machine to solve a great mystery. Oh, definitely. Like, you could go back and catch Jack the Ripper, potentially. Yes. Yes. You could hang around. I mean, that would be brave. I'm not sure. I'm not sure that's a great idea. I'm immediately chickening out of that idea. You could have have a a modern gun or something. Yes. Or, again, these are our rules. You could be invisible for an hour. Yeah, uh, just following back. See where he goes. Following back, you could have some sort of superpower. You could uh, strangle him with uh, I don't know web that's coming out of your wrists. I mean, there's you've got all of, all of the options. We're not we're not we're not curtailing anyone in this. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, there you go. If there's a mystery you want to solve, think of it. 
Is there, is there one we're missing? You can go back and use the One Day Time Machine, and here's how you can get in touch with the show. All right, you horrible lot. Here's how you can stay in touch with the show. You can email us at hello at ohwhatatime.com and you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at ohwhatatimepod. Now, clear off. So, for this, an episode I've looked forward to an awful lot because I am fascinated by blunders, cock-ups, mishaps. I will be discussing uh, Frederick Barbarossa, the Holy Roman Emperor, uh, and his uh, fatal cock-up. What are you going to be discussing, Tom? I'm going to be talking about one of the greatest blunders in the history of writing. So, this is during the writing of one of the most important books on history of all time. There was just a fun... What, my 2010 Edinburgh show? Your 2010... <laughs> exactly. Which was a blunder okay. from start the, to finish. The second greatest blunder of all time behind Ellis's. <laughs> it's, it's a phenomenal story. Uh, it just blew my mind and also heartbreaking. And then at the end of the show, for the Oh What a Time full-timers, I'm going to be doing a additional bit on the history of Roman military blunders. And I will be telling you right now about the worst sponsorship deal in the history of West German ice hockey. I don't know. I don't know how many would be on that list, but this one really sticks out. <laughs> uh, <laughs> 1987, a West German ice hockey team based in Iserlohn in southeast Dortmund was facing imminent bankruptcy. A chairman who'd gone out and bought loads of expensive stars and then faced the reckoning when the bills arrived. A classic tale yep. from sport, of course. A kind of proto-West German Peter Ridsdale, if you will. <laughs> the, uh, the man in charge was club chairman Heinz Weifenbach. Uh, he, this is what he looked like. This is how he's described. A round-bellied, cigar-puffing, leather-jacketed, mustachioed man who had made his money in property development and construction in the 1970s. And he was known locally as, you can probably guess this, Big Heinz. Yes. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Big Heinz. That's a great nickname. Love Do you know that. what, though? The yeah. Germans, I always think, are actually very similar to the English when it comes to nicknames and stuff. Like, if yeah. he was Spanish or Italian... He'd be called. He'd be called. I don't know. The horse with too many bellies. Yeah, it'd, it'd be, there'd be slightly more of a flourish to it. He wouldn't just be called Big Heinz, like Big Jeff. <laughs> Would you not be tempted to use something, you know, the Heinz product as the basis for the nickname, call him Beanie Boy or something like that, or, or, or Mr. <laughs> Ketchup, Big, Big Beans, Big Beans, <laughs> Mr. Ketchup, Beanie Boy. Either of those two feel fun, don't they? <laughs> I'd, I'd be delighted if one of the, if I was called Beanie Boy, I'd absolutely take that on Mr. Ketchup. That would be great, Nick. <laughs> but you feel like a fun guy. Uh, one of his players later recalled that he looked like something right out of a mafia movie. Yeah. And then one day in the locker room, just before a game, he turned up, pulled a gun on the team and said, come on, get warming up, as if that wow. would inspire them to a great performance. Okay. Yeah. No yeah. thanks. So it's 1987, boys. Your ice hockey team is skint. They're about to go out of business. You've bought too many foreign players, too many expensive players. You can't pay the bills. The, 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 the foreclosing is upon you. What do you do? Who do you call for help? I imagine that the sports governing body are very, very unsympathetic to my <laughs> water hour plate. Yeah, a huge loan out with the, uh, the central bank. Is, there, is, that, is, that where, is that where he's going? No. No. Mm. What about Libyan dictator Colonel Gaddafi? Oh, yeah, that's the other option. Okay, yeah. right. 
Oh, you wanted the obvious option. Sorry, I didn't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Wife and back, Big Hines comes up with the idea of approaching Colonel Gaddafi. And oh dear. They strike a deal where Gaddafi will give him the money on the condition that he gets the shirt sponsorship. Right. I, like this is amazing. Like I, I knew Gaddafi was into sport. Um, he's got a rich history, specifically in football. He actually he was a shareholder in Juventus for a period of time in two thousand two. Know that. Wow. And in two thousand five, he nearly bought Manchester United. Wow. He was involved in a bid to buy Manchester United. The understandable grief that clubs get nowadays with having gambling companies on the fronts of their shirts. The idea of yeah. having Gaddafi <laughs> <laughs> trying to squeeze that through with the FA. And, and also, also uh, um, the, the FA saying, listen, you can have Gaddafi's name on the shirts, but not for the kids' shirts. <laughs> In the same way that kids kids aren't allowed to have like, beer sponsors on their shirts. And, until they get to, I think, this 12. Once... <laughs> Once you're 12, you can have Heineken on your shirt, but you can't if you're under the age. They can have Gaddafi as long as it's over the year. Yeah, 14. We'll, we'll set a different limit for Gaddafi. 14. Are the kids allowed sort of softer level dictators on their shirts out of interest? Is there some kind of <laughs> hierarchy of some... Victor Orban. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, Gaddafi yeah, tried to buy Manchester United. In the 1970s, Gaddafi banned block boxing. Right. He said, with no sense of irony, that it was too violent. Okay. Oh, he actually wrote that. about this. So Gaddafi wrote this book called The Green Book, which was his personal political philosophy. Right. In the book, uh, talking about boxing, he says, the thousands who crowd stadiums to view, applaud and laugh, they are foolish people who have failed to carry out the activity themselves and line up lethargically in the stands to applaud. So yeah, at a moment, people watching boxing like... You don't deserve to watch boxing because you're just you're just lazy and just going there to watch it. You need to be involved with it if you're gonna. That, that, that's the same kind of thinking that um, leads to people saying we need to bring back national service, isn't it? We've gone soft as a society. <laughs> we've gone soft, Whenever yeah. anyone says we've gone soft as a society, I always say, yeah, it's great. But is it is it true? <laughs> is, it? is that the way? That, is that the reason you play five aside football as well as going to watch it? Because you can turn to the fans in the stand and go I do that as well yeah. so I have every yeah, yeah. right to comment I'm the same as them I kind of get it because I play yeah. with a load of dads on a Thursday night I kind of get this should the ghost of Colonel Gaddafi descend on a football stadium he will look at you shouting at the players and say he's fully within his rights to do that yeah exactly he gets this uh, so the deal between Gaddafi and Waffenbach was that the sponsor's logo the sponsor logo that appeared on the ECD Isodlon's jerseys would belong to Gaddafi and he could have what he wanted on it. So Gaddafi, having done the deal, said, right, this is what's going to appear on the shirts. Mm-hmm. An advert for Gaddafi's Green Book, which again, right. which is his personal political philosophy that had been published a few years previously. And Waffenbeck said, sure. So there's a picture. I'll make sure this goes up on our Instagram and I'll send it to you now yes. just so you can see it. An advert. For <laughs> Das Grün Buch. I'm not sure how my German's holding up there. But a green book. And it says M. Gaddafi. So it's like a little cartoon picture oh, of wow. the green book. In oh, German. Yeah. Das Grün Buch with M. Gaddafi written at the top. This is what the players were forced to wear <laughs> as part of this sponsorship deal to essentially save the club. Wow. I mean, that's mad, isn't it? It's like a little cartoon green book. There it is. So obviously, everyone 
went crazy about this. The the, the 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 outcry from the West German authorities, not least because a year before 87, in 86, had been the Berlin bombing, uh, which had been carried out by Libyans at La Belle Dis- Disco and had killed several US Marines. These, the, these memories were fresh in everybody's minds, so nobody could quite believe that Waffenbach, Big Heinz, had done this insane deal with Gaddafi to offer up a sponsorship slot for this ice hockey team. So, yes, the West German authorities were, were stamping down it. Newspapers as well were out to get him. The Ice Hockey Federation said that no club should associate itself with terrorism. But Waffenbach didn't see what, what all the fuss was about. <laughs> right. He had $900,000 in his skyrocket. Classic beanie boy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Mr. Ketchup. Big Hines thought, I've done a sweet deal here. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he didn't he didn't see uh, any issue with it. And the first time the team went out with their new sweaters on, they won a thumping oh, victory. Right. Well, the, the the new dictator bounce that he is, that you hear so much about. <laughs> <laughs> so the players, on the other hand, were like, "Oh, can we really do this?" The players in the locker room held a vote. Do we go with the new jerseys and face the prospect of every game going there with riot police at the door and all and continuing this outrage that has uh, fallen upon us, or do we go back to our old jerseys and accept that the club was doomed to fail? Guys, what, what did the players vote? Did they did they go with the Gaddafi shirts? I think that I'm I'm going to put my faith in uh, player power and player revolt, and they said we're not doing this. They said, Big Hines, stick these shirts up your massive bottom. Fair play. They turned their back on Gaddafi. They said, we're going back to the old jersey. And they played skin. And of course. (laughs) (laughs) Tops off ice hockey. That's brave, isn't it? (laughs) Imagine. And of course, they went under. That was it. That was it. But Gaddafi said, yeah, yeah. So they said, no, we're going back to the old jerseys. That was the end of the season. They went bankrupt shortly afterwards. Wow. Gaddafi, meanwhile, invited uh, several journalists uh, off the back of this scandal to one of his famous Bedouin tents in Libya and told the tale of having watched an ice hockey game on television using a VHS recording and said, this is non-violent, this ice hockey I'm watching here. Has he he watched ice hockey? (laughs) (laughs) He tried to imply that he was basically a fan of ice hockey, but when he got chatting to another journalist, he made some sort of... In in the course of the conversation, it was clear that he didn't really know the difference between ice hockey and tennis. Right. And so the journalists... Easy mistake to make. <laughs> ...came yeah. to the conclusion that Gaddafi had never heard of ice hockey. He didn't know what he was on about, but just saw this as a huge opportunity to basically create, create a bit of a fuss and get his name in the papers. That's incredible. Wow. Um, I, have yeah. a, I have a question for both of you as, as football fans. Chris, obviously, you're a West Ham fan. Ellis, you're a Swansea fan. You can choose... For one book to be advertised on the front of your <laughs> respective shirts, what book are you having on the front of the Swansea shirt, and what book are you having on the front of the West Ham shirt? Uh, the Gruffalo. The Gruffalo. <laughs> <laughs> Would absolutely buy that shirt because Julia Donaldson must be absolutely minted. <laughs> and if we had Donaldson behind us. We'd be, we'd be one of the richest clubs in the world, I reckon. Every one of her books flies off the shelves. Yeah. I changed her name to Gruffalo FC. And Ellis, there's a shirt that kids can wear. You say they can't have Gaddafi on the front. Exactly. Gaddafi, they can, yeah, have, yeah, they can yeah. have the Gruffalo. What about you, Chris? Anything will lift up flaps. Okay. <laughs> 
So that's the end of part one. Part two will be with you tomorrow. If you want part one and part two uh, all in one big, lovely, beautiful lump of a podcast, uh, that's very easy. You just need to become an Oh What A Time uh, full-timer and subscribe to the podcast. And then you get ad-free episodes, you get bonus content, all sorts of uh, bonus things, which are definitely worth it. It's only four ninety nine a month, less than the price of a London pint. Um, slightly more than the price of a pint in Flethy. Uh, slightly more than the price of a pint in Carlisle, I imagine. I'm not going to go through every town where you can buy a pint for less than four ninety nine. It's a waste of my time. It's a waste if of your time. anything says, by the way, briefly, that Ellis has forgotten what you get for your money, it's the phrase, all sorts of bonus things. <laughs> <laughs> which, you, which you named after two things. I, it's extended episodes. It's no ads. It's first dibs on tickets. It's uh, both parts together in one lovely lump. And also, I'm yeah. sure I've forgotten something, so I'm going to say uh, it as well. Yeah, you all get a build your own rifle. So uh, the build your own rifle comes in yeah. different parts, one part a month. It takes about 12 months to make, but then yeah. you'll have your very own gun. So, and on Christmas uh, Day, f- the bullet. <laughs> <laughs> Exciting. <laughs> anyway, you can check all that out at ohwhatatime.com. We'll be back for part two tomorrow.